Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social where town fans have their say on all things town. And well, we had lift off last week and of course at Accrington we, well our dreams were just dashed as we lost once again at the Wham Stadium. But still a lot of positivity to be made, um, a lot of debates and discussions to be made as well. Uh, so get ready for another fantastic fan social. We're joined by four fine gentlemen in Henry making his debut the Sweet Wales Prince in Harvey, John Watson, who is very much my host at Accrington, and also Bloomers, who is, I'm sure, going to bring a lot of debates on today's show. So let's go over to Henry first. Uh, welcome to the show, my friend. Introduce yourself and your opening thoughts on the defeat against Accrington. Uh, we had liftoff, but unfortunately, Accrington stopped that train basically going on more. Yeah, thanks, Ross. Cheers. It was a... Back down to back down to earth, it was a bit of reality, really, wasn't it? Um, again, it was a good start. And I thought maybe after the Bonds goal, it could be similar to Lincoln 1 0, hold out, hold out first 10 minutes of the second half. I managed to maybe counter, get a second, and, and finish the game off there. Um, Bonds goal was great again, great pressure from Fraser into Selena across the Bond, two time, two touch finish, great stuff. Again, second half. Two goals fairly similar to themselves. Down our left, not putting enough pressure on the ball. Ball into the box. First one was a little bit lucky. Get it, get through to Colby Bishop. Deflection over top of Hilapi. If that's his name, how you say it properly. And then uh, second second one, Pell was good first time finish. But again, a bit too easy to get inside the box. Uh, crosses into the box. Was, must be high percentage of goals come from there. Um yeah, no, just disappointing. Really, really disappointing, essentially. That's for the main word, I'd say, from that result. Yeah, very dis disappointing. As I said, bringing us back down to earth after the highs of the 6-0 win and then going all the way to Accrington. And Harvey, the Sweet Welsh Prince, was there with his good old dad, Terry. Um, and Harvey, um, it was a, a, lucky it wasn't as wet as forecast. It was uh, going to be very wet in that open terrace, but um, it just rained a tiny bit. Um, unfortunately, you witnessed a defeat, another defeat. You, you know, you went to the Burton game. Um, we saw a 2-1 defeat there and you saw another 2-1 defeat. Uh, your opening thoughts on the, uh, sorry to say defeat once again, because it was a defeat again against Accrington. Yeah, even all. Um, welcome, Henry, as well. Nice to have, uh, you know, another another newbie on the on the pod. Um, my opening thoughts, I mean, what it's difficult to to kind of, narrow it down into into what went wrong really because it was just from start to finish I mean me and I've had the pleasure of standing next to John uh, throughout the whole game and I think after about 15 minutes me and John looked at each other and just said god what a dreadful start it's been just the game lacked so much quality and that was the common theme of the whole game really um we didn't deserve anything from it um I was shocked when we went one nil. We did not deserve to go one nil. Um, luckily, we've got players that that can score at, at any any point. That's the, that's the good thing about having such a big squad in this league. Um, even when you're playing poorly, you know you can score goals. So it's such a disappointing performance. Um, what what the concerning thing about that for me was we just we just didn't look up for it. We we looked as though we looked like a team who had got a really good. 6-0 victory against um, Donny on, on the Tuesday and just thought, oh, it's only Accrington. You know, we've, we've, we've 
taken off now. It's it's this is going to be straightforward from it. And it was just the second balls. You know, a lot's been made about their tactics and stuff, which isn't isn't the, the nicest of tactics. But they've got every right to 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 do what they want essentially at their ground. Um, and it was just just wasn't wasn't good enough. It really wasn't good enough. And if we want to get out of this league, um, then we're going to have to. We're going to have to win games like that because there's going to be plenty more ugly games in that league. Um, you know, Harry Pell was a constant pest all game. I think the highlight of that game for me was was John giving him pelters for 90 minutes, um, which probably says a lot about the game. Um, Colby Bishop, I've mentioned him a few times before. I just love watching him play. I think he's he's absolutely class. Um, his hold-up play is, is fantastic in this league. Even when he doesn't necessarily score goals, he's just holds players off for fun. So, uh, to sum it up, really, disappointed. We didn't deserve to win the game. The passing was was just slow. It was like, it was, it was. And I hate to say this, but it was like watching the Paul Lambert team at times. You know, when he used to pass out from the back and it would be Wolfie to, to the right back and then the other, and then Enciala to the left back. And it just, it was depressing. It really was. Um I never want to go to the bottom stadium again, but no doubt I'll be there again if uh, if we play them. Um, but yeah, we need we need to we need to try and, and get a run together now. I know we've not had the worst results in the last few games, but um, yeah, Saturday wasn't good enough. And I'm glad Cook came out in his interview and, and said exactly the same thing because anyone watching that, you know, the, the atmosphere was so flat, and as town fans are so known for for bringing such an atmosphere, but. The away end was really flat, and I and I do not blame them whatsoever because we witnessed absolute dross, to be honest with you. Yeah, my only highlight of that weekend, of course, down around John Watson's um, house, his his castle in Donny, um, five stars on the TripAdvisor uh, rating. Um, his wife Deb did a fantastic um, spread in the morning, and then his, his twins made me and Liam from Crew Cake. So um, we had a good weekend, minus the football. Um, John, um, thanks once again for hosting me and Liam, but um, your opening thoughts on the defeat against um, Aquiton. And as I said, luckily we didn't get as wet as forecast. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on as always, Ross. Um, good to see everybody and welcome to Henry too. Um, it was a pleasure to spend the game standing with Harvey and Terry and uh, Segs and some of the other game day regulars and caught with Mark and Mike and um, that kind of thing. But obviously you spent the day um, in the car with your good self, Ross and Liam, and enjoyed that. The football was the, <laughs> was the disappointing thing about the weekend. Uh, it was even worse than the weather, which says something. Um, I agree with what Harvey said about the game. We got what we deserved, which was pretty much uh, nothing. Um, and I actually said, Harvey on um, on game day straight afterwards. If reminded me watching Ipswich under Lambert, so that's quite depressing. And we've all felt that as well, because um, we don't want to go back to those days ever again. Um, but we've got to. What we've got to do is keep that in context that we did win a game four days previously, six nil against a very poor Donny, but um, we still won that game. So let's have a little bit of balance. Um, Speaking about the lovely Deb, she just brought me a cup of tea, Ross. So the, the, the host thing just continues just as always. So, you know, no, she'll, get big, she'll get big-headed in a minute. Um, but for me, um, the most disappointing thing of the actual game was I expected – it was the first time I've seen Morsi play live, and I was expecting him with Burgess and Edmondson behind to suddenly provide this 
um, real strong bank of aggression, controlled aggression and um, backbone to the team. And unfortunately, I didn't see that much of it. Um, I thought Morsi was one of the better players and he tried to break through their midfield um, more than anybody else. But overall, we're just lacklustre. Um, Pell really got underneath my skin, so I was giving him, I was giving him pelters. Um, I just like not necessarily horrible, just calling him lanky and rubbish and uh, shouting Pell, Pell, because he he was he he epitomised shithousery. He had his hands all over Ladkey. He was pushing people. At one point, I don't know if you remember in the match, Harvey, when Edmondson just turned, he went in and just put his elbow right in the bottom of uh, of 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 Edmondson's back, and you know, I just, that was absolutely uncalled for. If I was on that pitch, I would have given him some as well. I would have sent him in the air a few times and um, he just got underneath my skin and somebody probably would have had to hold me back because I just don't, I don't mind people being physical. But I thought, he, you know, that kick out the stadium that the ball went over the sta sta uh, sorry, sailing over the, the roof just to kind of out of nothing. You just think you absolute idiot. Um, but he was probably doing his gamesmanship and he was probably told to do that to stop us from playing. And as Harvey said, that is their right. But we didn't. What we didn't do is earn the right to win that game. We didn't win enough battles. You know, if you look on the pitch, I I was a little bit. I normally agree with uh, Andy Warren um, in his match ratings of uh, player ratings. Sorry, and I, I actually thought that uh, Genoi had a really good first half, and I thought he was possibly our player of the first half. And, and then he got one of the lowest scores. I have watched the highlights and he was slightly at fault for the goal, so I can see that. But we weren't bad in the first half in the sense of any worse than them, but we just weren't any good. Um, it was just a poor game. But then, as Harvey rightly said, we, we, we took this, um, Bond took his chance and we were suddenly 1-0 up and we were like, really, 1-0? That will take that. And then you expect us, like Henry said, to maybe come out and give a Lincoln-type second half where we we have our solid banks and we not necessarily a four because I know it's going to be four, two, three, one forever. Um, but players doing their discipline job and earning winning those battles. And for me, they probably won eight out of 11 battles, um, maybe 10, you know? Um, so did we get what we deserve? Yeah, probably. Um, the, the other two things I'd just like to briefly say is um, I guess the cliche of, I hope we look back on this in a few months' time, or certainly in April and May, and think we learned something after beating Donny so easily that we can't just turn up to games. And uh, I know it's a cliche, and you hope every the, the learn, but I do hope in months to come we can look back and go, actually, that one defeat at Accrington brought them back down to earth and showed us that we, we weren't there yet and we had to really have the right attitude in training and in games because. Maybe um, Harvey's right. Maybe we just rocked up and um, expected to win and didn't earn that right. So the the only other thing I would like to say is it was an absolute pleasure to briefly speak to Paul Cook at the end of the game because um, we were sharing a, a car. Ross, you were doing your um, upload of game day, and me and Liam were sitting outside. It was raining, so we stopped hanging around the team coach. And I saw I spoke to a couple of players briefly, but not in the kind. There's lots of people getting shirts signed, and I'm sure they were trying to sell them for money afterwards. Um, so I, I, we saw um, Toto wandering around trying to get a lift with somebody else and then I had my window down a little bit and I heard what I thought was like a, a two-tone voice um, and I thought that must be uh, Cookie so um, 
and then suddenly this car appeared and I saw it was him. So I jumped out of the car and I think he thought he was going to be accost accosted at first. Um, but I just did my, my, my zippy and you could see my episode shirt and then Liam was following me in his salmon pink top and uh, he wound down his window and he, he gave us maybe two, three minutes of his time and, and excuse the French, um, but he just said, it was fucking shit performance, wasn't it, lads? I'm so sorry. Kind of, that was the synopsis and he said, it won't be happening again. Um, and I just said to him, yeah, really disappointing. I expected more. And he said, we all did. I didn't see it coming, but we'll be better. We'll be better. Trust me on that. And, you know, you could see the hunger in his eyes. You could see he meant it. But he also was really level with us and said, well done to you and not me personally, but all of the fans for that, that kind of support because it was a crap day to go to. As Harvey said, the Wham Stadium, my God, we've got some bad memories of that in the last few years and none of us were going to go, Woo, let's go back there again in a hurry. But I, I enjoyed having that little exchange with um, Paul Cook. He gave us a little fist bump and thanked us for our travels and wished us, wished us a safe journey home. And uh, I thought that was, a, like, he came across as a really, exactly the way you would expect him to be, sound. But I got the sense of frustration and anger and hunger. So I hope listening to Morsey's comments, which I'm sure we'll, we'll mention, and then thinking about Cook, the next few games are massive. And, you know, we'll, we'll go on to talk about Shrewsbury and other games. But I think such a disappointing result. And we ended up having... You know, two wins out of ten, is it? You know. Yeah, the record doesn't look great. Um, well, John, as ever, fantastic. Um, I'm gonna go over to the final man that is joining us this week, and that is Bloomers, who was part of the well, you can say the most negative fan social of all time after the Bolton defeat, but of course we did lose five two. Um, so it was always gonna be very negative. Um, Bloomers, welcome back to the show. Unfortunately, you're coming back on the show with another defeat. Um, what's your opening thoughts? And hopefully you're going to segue into the other bits and bobs that happened against Accrington, you know, the Cook comments, the Morsi comments and all the other things coming out of that game. And uh, yeah, it wasn't a good result, was it? And welcome back to the show. My first thought is, have we got any time left? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, it's all too um, level-headed and reasonable and calm on this pod. It's time to bring that down a little bit. Um I mean, I'm half, I'm half joking. Um, I didn't go to the game, um, but I managed to log on to I. I didn't even follow it live actually for a very, very rare occasion. But um, I, I knew the result, and uh, on the Sunday, logged into I follow and watched the game back, which not a lot of people know you can do. Uh, you can watch the whole ninety back if you're a masochist like me. Um, so yeah, um, I, to temper words carefully. Um, I kind of agree with everyone, really. I don't have too much of a hot take. It's it, it's it's been it's been said to death now. It was a shocking performance, and and what worries me is that we go on about reality checks or like, oh, this this will be the like was Burton not really a reality check? Was was Wimbledon not the second half? Of Wimbledon not the reality check? Was the Sheffield Wednesday game not a reality check? Because okay, it was a draw, but I mean, the luckiest draw you'll ever see um, with our goal. Um, because without that we're losing one nil. So like I, I don't I, I don't really know why this suddenly would become the the game where where it's the reality check and I hope that it is and I hope that there will be lessons learned. But what saddens me is that we kind of touched on it, or I think it might have been John that touched on it, that, that Morsey was brought in to sort of add steel 
if you like. And um, people might scoff sometimes and be like, oh, well, you can't really have any enforcers anymore in the modern game. Like, that's a 70s thing that, no, that's rubbish. Because, like, I mean, look at Man City. Fernandinho, fantastic defensive midfielder. I'm not comparing him to Sam Morsey in any way. But what Fernandinho did alongside all of his, um, you know, breaking up duties is that he put one on on a few players every now and then. Like, he was, if you looked in that City side, he was going to be the one to to add a bit of crunch to uh, a tackle. It would be it would be him. And there's no reason why you can't have someone like that in a, a modern-day side. And if you point at anyone, again, Morsey would be the kind of person you'd expect. And, and for whatever reason, on Saturday, it wasn't there at all. I mean, maybe at all is a bit harsh, but... We were far too soft and, and we kind of sort of played into Atkinson's hands, really. I, I, you know, I, they would have had a... Surely we realised they would have a game plan. Like, of course they would. Like, you know, it's, we've played them quite a few times over the last couple of years. Like, their ethos hasn't changed. Their manager hasn't changed. Their ground hasn't changed. Like, you know, nothing was surprising from, from Atkinson and it, that's what makes it so disappointing. Uh, and I guess... If I'm going to lead a question on to, to, to everyone else as my designated role as last on the uh, first question, uh, I would say it depends on how much you like stats or how much you really look into stats because, see, they can be misleading and, and some critics will say, well, you can make a stat out of anything in, in the modern game. But how many times now we've uh, lost points from losing season, uh, lost points from winning positions? It's now in the double figures. Uh, so I'm not saying that every time you take the lead, you're going to win. But is this now a epidemic amongst Ipswich in that we can't, for whatever reason, hold on to a lead? Or has it been unfortunate and and Saturday was another one where if you flip it on its head and you know we score the equaliser and then lose, is it only half as disappointing as taking the lead and going on to lose? But I don't know what my answer would be, but I'm interested to see what yours is because for me, if it happens more than a few occasions, there's something in it. And I'd like to know what you guys think. Well, of course, we've got a lot of bad stats with, you know, losing the cup games, losing our international break. There's some really bad stats and always we play teams who have got a bad form. That's always what happens. We always do that. I think Accrington, they lost they lost 5-1 in the last game. Um, then we won 6-0 and then we go and lose. Um, Henry, um, yeah, as Bloom has said, you know, is is that one of your worries? You know, we take the lead. You know, we thought, OK, this could be a nice, comfortable win. And maybe the players got a bit, I won't say too arrogant, but they they feel like they're going to, yeah, it's only Accrington, we're going to beat them. What, what's your thoughts on that? No, definitely. And I, I had I had a written down before this, the word fragility. And in terms of either, like, physically fragile, mentally fragile, I don't know, it's... Well, again, like I said, John, John and Blue brought in that Morsey comment and, and Cook played a lot of, or put a lot on him and maybe a lot of pressure as well to come in and be like, he's, this, he's the man who's going to be solid for us. But going back straight back to your question, he's a warrior for me, absolutely. Taking a lead and not being able to hold on to it is, is criminal, basically, in football, especially after half-time. You've got, I appreciate they score straight away after, it's a bit different, but you, we've taken the lead for 20, 30 minutes and, and got to half-time, which is the first target, then the next target's like the first 10, 15 second half. Got halfway, I'm not halfway there, five minutes, 10 minutes into the second half. I could see there's a pretty naff goal. It's, and that's why I find so frustrating is not like the goal, the Sheffield Wednesday goal, it's a good, it's a good strike. And then goals, the Bolton game, I'm not even going to talk about. The 
but those goals we conceded from Atkinson, average, but like they're not great, not great balls in the box. The first one was a poor cross that missed where it should have gone, and then Pell managed to get a flick onto it. And then the second goal, again, the centre, well, maybe the centre halves were too too close to the goalkeeper and left that space in between the box and the penalty spot. I think Pell finished well, but again, absolutely, I I, I do find it an issue, and I I wouldn't want to see it again because it is so frustrating to see us take the lead and and lose it. Um, but yes, yeah, so I definitely would echo that, and I I do think it's an issue. It's not it's not a one one off anymore either. Uh, and you know, Harvey, I'm going to quickly chuck in our question. You know, it's a, a big question already. Is is the top two already gone? You know, is this going to be a, a major thing if we can't keep leads? Then that position up there will, will already, you know, twelve points now, twelve points away from that. I know it's still early days. Well, I can't even say it's early days anymore. We've played ten games, so it's not early days now. It's it's time to sort of go. Yeah, maybe top two could be already gone, which is it's hard to say. Yeah, I think it, I think it is. To be honest with you, I do. Um, I think there's, there's too many. We'd have to go on a pretty ridiculous run, which is more than possible with the. With the players we've got, um, we'd have to rely on on an awful lot of slip-ups as well. So for me now, the aim is playoffs. Um, for me, maybe that's silly of me to say when we're, you know, still very early on in the season. But you know, the longer it goes on, we've got a lot of ground to make up to, already. So um, yeah, for, for me, it's playoffs is the aim. Um, Bloomers makes an interesting point because I. That's, that's a stat that I saw as well and, and I completely agree with. I think fragile is is the key word there. Um, you know, you look back to Cook's comments last season where obviously we had a completely different team to, to what we have now and he, he mentioned that, you know, one post-match interview where he said it looked like we had won a competition to play at Portman Road. Um, you, you know, it, he mentioned in quite a few interviews that you know, the pressure of playing for such a big club in this league is maybe is maybe getting on top of one or two of them. And you, we've brought in all these new players in the summer, but, you know, you, you go through them just quickly in your head. Edmondson, who's played for, I know he's still relatively young, but he's played 100 career games now. He's played for a massive, massive club in Rangers. Um, granted, he didn't play, he wasn't the first team regular there, but he's played in the Europa League, if I remember rightly. He's played big, big games. You've got Sam Morsi, who has been captain at pretty much every one of his clubs. Um, you know, he, he was playing for Middlesbrough last season, who, yes, they're not an established Premier League side anymore, but they're still a big club in the Championship with big support. Um, you know, Selina, who, who is, is played, come through the ranks at Man City, played Championship level with us, with Swansea and did very well. Um, you know, and, and, and that's concerning. It is concerning for me. Um I'm not kind of. I'm trying not to let it get to me too. That that stat gets to me too much at the moment. But Bloomers is right. It's it's definitely a concern for it to happen once or twice. And maybe you can, you can kind of forgive it because they are as we keep going on about. They are we are a brand new squad. But for it to be a continuing theme, um, it's just we just seem to switch off so so easy so easily, and and we almost. It's like it's we've we've won a game when we score or, or something something like that. And it's it's bizarre to be honest with you, especially as I said when we've got characters with with real real pedigree. You know, this isn't a a Luke Chambers who played for Nottingham Forest. It's not a you know a 
some of the players we had last season and, and NCR, like he's not been playing of, of late as well. You know, Scoops, people like that. This is Sam Morsey, George Edmondson, you know, players like that who should be used to big pressure games and were brought in because of that reason. So, it, yeah, it's, it's a concern to me um, and it needs to be addressed. Otherwise, you know, we're not finishing in the top half, never mind, never mind top six. So, um, I'm still confident we will make playoffs, but as I said, that has to be addressed ASAP because otherwise it's just going to get toxic and it's going to get toxic pretty quickly. Yeah, we, we saw that after the Bolton game and the other results we've had. And, and John, yeah. you know, do you think we need to be a bit more nastier? Do you think, you know, sometimes we're a bit of a... I just don't know. I go, we go into these games against Aquita. We know they've got seven-foot defenders and, you know, hairy-ass defenders and hairy-ass strikers who will battle us. And against going to Aquita, it is like a, a non-league, non-league round. No offence to them, but it is, you know, we had the lowest attendance we've ever played in front of on Saturday. Um, do you think just we haven't got those sort of players who, who can just change that mindset in terms of they'll, they'll be playing Portland Road one week, but then they have to go to non-league playing against these massive players and... You know, unfortunately, we just can never win those sort of games, which is always a worry when you're gonna you've got you've got a lot of those sides. You know, you've got the likes of Morecambe's and there's so many other teams you can name in this league who will have to battle with because they've got seven foot defenders and strikers. Yeah, we've for years we haven't been tough enough. You know, we haven't had uh, Jason DeVos or uh, Tony Mowbray. Or uh, Ian Cranston or Terry Butcher. I'm going back. I'm older than you guys. Uh, um, we haven't had enough of those, and we're sometimes too nice. You know, we don't have the, you know, on a wet Tuesday night sort of team. Uh, do we turn up? But I think we've got the players in the squad who should be able to do that now. So I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but Bloomers, I'm going to come to a point. I'm going to say one thing to support what you said and one thing to challenge what you said. I don't think the goal against Sheffield was lucky. I thought it was a piece of class from Macaulay Bond and the, the, um, Fraser and Chaplin took their part in that brilliantly. So there wasn't luck. There was poor play by them, but we took our chance. And that game, we thoroughly deserved to get something out of that game. Yeah. I've been to six live games, I think, this year. Burton, Wimbledon, MK Dons, Sheffield, Lincoln, Accrington. And I don't think we deserve to get beaten in any of them other than the Accrington game. We got beaten at Bur- Burton. We drew with Don's AFC Wimbledon Sheffield when arguably we should have got more from it. We didn't. And I'm not saying we deserve to get more, but we didn't get outplayed yet, um, like we did at Accrington. When obviously we, we had a great performance at Lincoln. I've watched us on the telly against Donny and all those, you know. So overall, I think. We play better than our results show, but it's a results table. That's one thing. But to kind of support what you're saying, we should go to um, Accrington knowing what they're going to do because Cook used the manager. He knows one of his best mates is the manager. Cameron Burgess and Genoi Danassian will play for them under that manager. That's two of our starting 11 have played for that team recently. Um, and you add Jackson into that as well. And, you know, you know, you could argue that we, we've bought their stands. I, I joked to Harvey at one point, we should start a chant of we're Ipswich Town, we paid for your stands because that's the Burgess stand. That's the, the you know, that's the uh, Genoi Didassian stand um, because, you know, we, we've spent a lot of money on their players. Burgess should have known better against them because he was their player last season. So a bit of yin and yang there. The problem with me is um, I'm an eternal optimist. 
And I look at it and go, oh, we could go on this run and we could go. And I still think we're going to get promoted. And I'm, I'm going to fall heavier, partly because of my size, um, and harder than most of you guys, because maybe I'm I'm still hoping more than some of you are. I'm certainly not expecting anymore. And I'm certainly not believing as much as I wanted to. But the hope remains strong. I still think Paul Cook is a... A good fit for our club. I still think he's a good man. I still think the squad, he, him and Mark Ashton have assembled, have got has got quality. On the flip side of that, I've just looked at my better place at the beginning of the year, and I'm not promoting betting, um, but I like a little bit here or there. And I put twenty quid on Ipswich to win the league outright, and I got ten to one. It went up to twelve to one. I've just checked the odds now, and it's thirty-three to one. The bookies aren't often wrong, are they? To win outright is thirty-three to one now. So I'm going to put another tenner on, um, uh, maybe not. Um, and that says something, doesn't it? That the bookies looking at our form, I'm thinking we're going to go up. Can we do it? Yeah, we can. Is it going to be easy? No, it's not. I always said, and I don't want to sound like a wise old fart, but I said 15 to 16 games and then we'll see. I know, Ross, you're saying we're 10 games into the season. It's still not a massive chunk. It's a, it's, a, it's a chunk, but if we do get a little run together now, suddenly, you know, if we're mid-table looking up on a run, there's no reason why we can't go in because we're bloody a twitch and we've got good enough players. Come on, let's let's get a bit of enthusiasm. Let's get behind Cookie and the boys, and let's see it all happen. Because there's, right. no, there's not many teams in this league who are going to outplay us. There's, but what we need to address is not being outfought and getting this balance right. And I I, I love the Lincoln performance because we played well first half. Then we were a proper team second half. We really were dug in deep. And you know, I still I don't believe. I just hope. I just hope. Come on. I just want it to happen. So, I, I admire, I do I admire your rallying cry. I do, um, and I, you know, I, I, I will give the benefit of the doubt to uh, the the team more than I probably let on because at the end of the day, I'm a fan. I, I think some people might get the like misconception that a lot of Ipswich fans don't want success because they're happy to moan. Ninety-five percent of people don't want to moan; they'd rather us be successful. There are five percent that, by the way, do just want to moan. But like, it's honestly the, the very vast minority. Going back to like what you said about wake-up calls and being comprehensively outplayed, like, yeah, I agree. Like, being comprehensively being comprehensively outplayed in those games didn't happen. Um, but on the flip side to that, I've just got the expected goals league table. So for those of you that might be a bit confused with that. Basically, every game has been played. There's an expected goals tally for a team. So um, the game against um, Acton on Saturday, Ipswich's XG would have been, I don't know what it is, by the way, so I'm just guessing. Let's say it's 0.8. So we were expected to score 0.8 goals in that game, but we actually scored one. The other team will have the same. Basically, if you put all of those in, into the system and every game played this season, it comes up with the league table based on what the results would have been if each team would have gone with their expected goals, it was which would be twelfth. So let's not like pretend that like we've been really like really unlucky and we should be top two if it weren't for a few mistakes. The XG says that we'd have had fourteen points by now, which is four more than we've actually got. Um, played ten, won three, drawn five, lost two. So that is as average as you can get. 
in this league pretty much based off of 10 games just as a quick aside uh rotherham would be top with 28 points and they'd be seven points clear so i'm not saying this is like the gospel league table but it does give an idea that maybe rotherham have been more unlucky than most teams and we've been unlucky but not quite to the extent where maybe some people might think i mean the, the, the thing is with with luck or whatever like and wake up calls you can still have a wake up call even by playing well like the, the wimbledon game i know these are all sim like very they have been small mistakes that have been punished but at the end of the day they kept happening and this Accrington game i mean the, the mistake was a mindset wasn't it it was a mindset like i've said it already we we knew what to expect or us fans thought we knew what to expect from Accrington. you'd accepted the players and the, our manager too as well and it hasn't happened so you just had to put it in the back seat. What's interesting, I'll just leave it at this, is that I said after the Bolton game on this podcast that Cook that it was always to me like the Cambridge game would be crucial. And if 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 Cook lost this tragically to say local derby, um, then he, it's his head on the chopping block. It kind of in a roundabout way, I actually think that it, it goes back to that again. Now, if we don't win. Any of these next three games, I think his position is probably more tenuous than it was after the Bolton game. Uh, in fact, actually, no. Yeah, it definitely will be more te- like because that will be a game away game against Portsmouth, who aren't no great shapes at the moment. Game against uh, Shrewsbury, which is, I mean, everyone's been labelling it as must win. And then the Cambridge game, they started off well, but they've tailed off completely. So it's completely winnable again. So... I, I do think, and maybe we can, this can be the next question, unless there was something else planned, how many points do you reckon we're going to get out of those three? Because if you don't get a win, two two wins, for, that'd be then two wins from 13 games. Surely his position's untenable. To be fair, I just brought up the fixtures because I wanted to see who we got on October. And we have got a big, you know, month ahead, you know, Shrewsbury at home, which is, well, it needs to be a winnable game. Uh, Cambridge away, Pompey away, Fleetwood away, and of course, a long trip to Plymouth. So actually, yeah, we're going to chat this question out there. Um, next three games, what's your prediction, Taddy's then? Um, Henry, what, what do you reckon? Those three games, you know, the next two one are definitely winnable. Pompey, they're a very weird side. They they beat Sunderland 4-0 on the weekends, and but they've had some weird results. What do you reckon then? Uh I'm I'm in John's camp here. I'm not I'm an optimist. Uh, nine. It's got to be nine points. It's uh, the the shoes again the weekend. It's got to be that's that's got to be three points. Absolutely, it's that's a banker. There's a couple of things that I've, I've, in terms of listening listening across. One point I would like to make just before I go into those why we should get nine is going back to that Moore's. You've got. I feel bad for the lad being put so much pressure on. I see him as an ally for Cook on the pitch. Again, it may be a question to come back to, but does Cook have enough allies off the pitch? Is there enough people backing up his message in the in the in the in the, in, in the training ground, on the training ground, on the pitch, off the pitch? It, is that an issue? Like, I I don't know the answer. Um, but again, maybe he's, he's got no one to challenge him because he's got no assistant manager. So if there was any if there was any more agreeing voices, it would be in North Korea. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, Henry. I think we just lost Henry for a second. Stunned him into silence. Oh, he's frozen. Um, yeah, he's, he's doing a bit of a pout. Um, if you're watching on video, uh, he's doing a bit of a pout. Um, as we get Henry back, we'll go over to you, Harvey. Um, and sort of, yeah, do, do you think as what we've we spoke about this multiple times already on the pod about him not having 
an assistant manager, you know, he's got coaches who are in their first proper jobs, really, in, in first-team football. I know um, Freddie Jeffers has done academy football. Gary Roberts is pretty much just retired. But um, what, what, what do you reckon? Yeah, this has been a kind of common common discussion, hasn't it, over the last kind of three, four weeks in particular. Um, I don't think much really was made out of it towards the start of the season. Um, it wasn't really brought up that much from what I remember, but naturally when we get poor results, fans start questioning. Um, I've been I've been kind of toying with it. You know, you had the, the influence of Liam Richardson who hasn't helped the situation by going on and doing so well with Wigan, getting two back-to-back Manager of the Month awards. Um, I think we could do with another experienced head in there, if I'm being honest. Um, I think someone like John McGreal um, has been mentioned quite frequently. I, it's a bit of a strange situation that he's been at various um, like town under-23 games and stuff like that. He's been sat with the coaches, but obviously doesn't seem to to have a role or whether he's just not on the books. I don't know. It's, maybe it's an unofficial thing. I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we could do with another experienced head in there. Um, but I don't think it's it's kind of the be-all and end-all either. Um, this Cook's got a great record and that, and that great record isn't purely down to having Liam Richardson by him. He, he's, got, he's got a great record because he's, he's proven to be a very good manager at this level. So, um, I wouldn't say it's kind of absolutely essential that you get someone in but I, I also wouldn't be against a, an, an older head coming in just to kind of level things out a little bit to take pressure off people like Morsi to be such a big influence um, you know it's it's they kind of want it feels like they kind of want him to say to have the same influence that James had over the years um, and for me that was too much just stick to what you're doing on the pitch I think is the most important thing for him um, just quickly the points situation over the next few days I I love the optimism I really do but for me um, it's seven points I think is more more realistic I can see us beating Shrewsbury um, I have to be honest they're one of my surprise packages this season Shrewsbury I thought they'd do quite well um, they've got Cosgrove from Birmingham he's a decent striker but they just haven't haven't got off off the mark have they so um, I think we'll beat Shrewsbury um, I think we'll our next our next game I think we'll beat um, we'll win against Cambridge but Pompey, I think, will draw. Um, Danny Cowley's teams are notoriously hard to beat. And as we've shown against Accrington, we're not very good at beating teams that are quite rigid and quite, um, and quite you know, tactically um, very astute. So, yeah, for me, seven points. I think that's a, that's a decent return. And, uh, yeah, something to build on for sure. And um, Henry is back with us, so um, welcome back, my friends. Um, when Bloomers mentioned North Korea, we thought, "Oh God, we're going to be shut down." Um, but no, you're back. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get into your, your. As you mentioned, you went nine points. Uh, what what yeah. do you reckon we can do? Well, well, that's that's the optimist in me speaking. The realist, I think, I'm more with Harvey in terms of seven points would be would be a great result. The the three against you, I keep, I don't want to overplay the, the game against Shrewsbury, but if we don't get three points, I'll be severely disappointed. Um, game against Cambridge, hopefully we can outclass them. Again, they try and play proper football. Um, and down at Portsmouth, it's always quite difficult at Fratton Park. Hopefully that lad's still ringing his bell or beating his drum, um, damping his day. But yeah, again, but the, the quality of the team, if something starts clicking and, and, and the football we play, I think I heard someone say in the podcast last week, 
it's the best football I've seen Ipswich play for years, genuine years. Um, it's just it's just that fragile nature of conceding one and oh god, it could happen again. And it, again, don't want to go so seven points is my realistic approach with a realistic hat on. I'd love nine points and I'd love to be dancing into November happily, but wait and see. So seven from me, I'd say. Okay, John, you've you've heard from two very positive men. Are you going to be as positive as them as well? And um, I'm I'm interested to see what Bloomer is going to say. But what do you reckon these three games? And and yeah, you know, two away games, one at home. Well, for me, Ross, if we don't beat Shrewsbury, then there's an absolute problem, isn't it? Because that suddenly means we need to go to Portsmouth and Cambridge, and then other games to get more results and then we we start looking at those points per game average and we're never going to get from um 10 points f- um sorry um we need to be getting a lot more points per game on average than we need to double it and actually you know over the season you need to get 90 85 90 92 We've got a lot of points we need to catch up already, so we can't be not winning at home to Shrewsbury. And I'm, I'm not. That's not me being arrogant there. To and you know, Shrewsbury are going to go. We have to go and work hard, but we need to go and work hard against them and secure that victory. The Portsmouth game does worry me, but equally, it could be. It's like rolling a dice for me. It could be we could go there and win three one, or we could get an absolute spanking, or it could be an absolute nil nil board draw. I've got no idea how that one's going to go, but that puts even more pressure on the Shrewsbury and Cambridge games for me. Um, I think minimum we need would be six. I, I I think we'll get seven. I think we'll like Harvey and Henry have both said we'll have a win at home to Shrewsbury and um, draw up Pompey and uh, um, win away at Cambridge. Nine points would be lovely. But our form doesn't say nine points, so maybe I'm being a bit more bloomers than I thought here. That it says that on average we're going to win one of those, lose one, and draw one because we're playing quite average, aren't we? So, another person's froze. We didn't say North Korea this time. <laughs> oh, bloomers, you come in anyway. Um, here's your time to go. Oh, John's, oh, there back. He is. John's back. He's back. I think I think he'd finished, but I'll, I'll succeed to him just in case he hadn't. Go ahead. No, he's frozen again. Oh, okay. All right, Bloomers, come in. I'm here. Go ahead, Bloomers. Go ahead. All right. Okay. It's that North Korean internet connection he's got. Um, There's two things I love. There's two things I love in this world, especially when it comes to sports, and that's betting and stats slash graphs. Um, For those of you who don't know, I work in the um, betting industry, so this is a work slash uh hobby thing of mine anyways um wickham are playing gillingham at home on the same day we're playing shrewsbury at home wickham are more heavily favored to beat gillingham than we are to beat shrewsbury just to sort of put some perspective in things we are odds on and quite comfortably odds on but it's not the it's not the gimme that like we like you'd think based on what we've been talking about on this podcast do i think we're going to win i still do think we're going to win um, but I don't want people thinking that this is going to be a runaway. I mean, aside from the Doncaster game, name me a runaway home win in the last like, three or four years. It just doesn't happen. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out to um, a website called Experimental Three Six One. 
uh, run by a bloke called Ben Mayhew. So the expected goals table uh, is where I got I got that from his website. And he also does some fantastic graphs um, talking about things like attacking effectiveness, defensive effectiveness. Uh, he does it through the entire football league. So it, it's really good to get some kind of like insight because um, he, he, he does his wonderful graphs. And even if you're a dummy like I am, you can get information from it quite easily. The thing that this won't be a surprise to you when I say this, because the thing that worries me at the moment is our defence and, and how it looks like we're going to concede every time um, the team, another team has an attack. It's funny you should say that because when it comes to Ipswich's um, defence, we are taking about between nine and ten shots a match at the moment. When it comes to the amount of shots faced per goal conceded, uh, it's between five and six. So, and that's by the way the lowest in the whole division. So, teams are having between five and six shots and scoring a goal on average throughout our ten games. No team in this league is facing fewer shots. To, to having a goal so that basically means when we say oh it looks like they're gonna well actually no that's true that's exactly what's happening um more than any other team in this division i can't sit here and say we're gonna get nine points i can't sit here we're gonna say we're gonna get seven points i think i've settled on five i was gonna say four but i thought even that's negative i'll go for five um the wins against shrewsbury like i said um and uh, i Neither game, the Portsmouth or Cambridge game, I can confidently sit here and say we're going to win. I think it's going to be two draws, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about that come the end of it. I think the Cambridge game is more of a toss-up than anyone sort of realises, just because it's the first competitive meeting between these two since 1993. So, you know, it's it's going to be... They're going to be up for it, if you didn't realise already. Um, I think the Pompey man's in my room ringing his bell. Um, <laughs> He's a bit early, isn't <laughs> But the uh, the Portsmouth game is um, I can't th- I think we've got many happy memories of that place and I, I certainly can't think of a win straight off the top of my head from having gone there. I'm going. It'll be my first time watching a game in Fratton Park. I've been to the stadium before. It's um, probably my favourite ground in the whole football league. Uh, maybe Fulham. Oh well, no, they are in the football league. Yeah, all right, Fulham first. Um, uh, Portsmouth second. I think it's going to be extremely difficult. It's nice to know that we're going to be backed by at least a thousand away fans now. It's probably going to be more come the come the time of kickoff. They are a team sort of steeped in our situation at the moment in terms of big expectations, big club, relatively pocketable owners, uh, and a manager slash managers if they're still doing the co-managerial thing uh, of the Cowleys under pressure. So I think it's going to cancel each other out and it will be a, a maybe a 1-1 because we have scored in every goal, uh, game this season in the uh, in the league. So that brings us to five points. I don't think that's enough for anyone to be happy, but also three unbeaten games with two away maybe is a bit better than sort of on paper. But at this stage of the season, we've already made a rod for our own back so much because we've got that deficit to make up. So I don't see anyone being happy about that. No, but um, I'm beaten in three games. I'll take that right now. Um, now, I thought we'd have a little break here um, before we get into the, the Shrewsbury predictions and previews and expected Town 11s. Um, of course, we won a game this week, by the way. Um, we haven't forgot about it. We do care about the Papa John's Trophy. We love pizza here. Um, of course, we beat Gillingham. Uh, we always play Gillingham. Um, but we'll talk about you know the players that stood out and um, looking ahead to the game. But we are going to bring a strike. But before the strike, of course... The podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. Use the code KOA, get 20% off, 
and free delivery at manscaped.com. And of course, um, I think there's only a few more days to go. Um, probably when you're listening to this, it's actually done now at the Wolsey Theatre. Um, but yeah, never lost at home, which has been fantastic. I know a lot of people have watched it and they've enjoyed it. Um, hopefully they'll they'll be creating another show again soon about another thing that happened at town. But we'll wait and see on that. But um, support it if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, let's bring in the strike to break up the um, the podcast and we'll go and bring in the jingle. Boom. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike, brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross. There's the jingle for the people listening to audio. If you watched it on video, you just saw a quick little moment where we were just all looking at each other's eyes. Um, but yeah, let me just quickly get my answers up. Um, last week, um, apparently it was a shambles. Um, it was to an extent. Um, one question people couldn't get, apparently. Apparently the question didn't make any sense. But I did it in the car with you, John, to, to Aquiton, and it, you, you felt it was a K question. Yes, Blumis? I've not, I've not heard this question, so do it. Uh, the question, we won't, we won't cause you it. The question was... About Gary Roberts, he joined town from Accrington in 2006, but how many games did he play for both in five seasons combined? Does that make sense? So he played for, he played for both teams for five years combined. How many appearances yeah. did he make? Yeah. 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 You had poor people on last week. Uh, I think uh, so. I think so. Also, out of interest, I'm going to go 60, 68. I haven't got a clue, by the way. It's 128. It's a good thing I wasn't on last week then. <laughs> yeah, if you would have got a point for that. But um, okay then. Well, we have five questions, a tiebreaker if needed. We've got paper and pens at the ready. Um, Henry, this will be his first ever strike. So um, could he become the strike champion this week? Um, the questions is, of course, on Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, however you say it. Um, I know one is the posh way to say it. The other one is the correct way to say it. Um, but yeah, question one is how many games have Town won against Shrewsbury in 27 meetings? So the first, um, well, closest gets the point. So 27 meetings. I think a lot of the games were against them were in like the 70s and 80s and then one in the 90s. And of course, we played them the last two seasons. Three seasons, of course, is our first season in League One. But yeah, whenever you guys are ready. Um, also, if I can't see it, just shout out your answer because sometimes that works better as well. Not him. All right, John, what are you going for? 17. Bloomers. 15. Henry. 22. Harvey's changing it. (laughs) What's he done? 14. Now, someone is bang on. And that man is a sweet Welsh prince. And it is Harvey with 14 bang on. 14 wins, 10 draws, and only three defeats. So, not a bad record. A lot of draws, though. What draws? 10 draws. Question two is a 90s question. So, John, this could be a, an opportunity for you to have that <laughs> advantage here. Um, but it depends if you know 90s stuff. But uh, Town beat um, Shrewsbury 3-0 in the League Cup in 1990. But who won the competition Ooh. that year? There's three options. Manchester United, Sheffield Wednesday, or Leeds United. So, yeah. It's not relevant to Town, of course, but that year... We, uh, we actually lost in the next round against Southampton. Little fun fact there, if you want to know, in the third round. 
Um, but yeah, Town beat Shrewsbury 3 0 in the League Cup that year. In the second replay, by the way, there's replays in the League Cup back then. Second replays as well. Yeah, yeah stupid, stupid. All right, then, boys, you ready? United, Sheffield Wednesday, or Leeds. So, John's gone Man United. Oh. Henry's gone Leeds. Sheffield Wednesday is Bloomers. And, and Harvey. Man United. Man United. One person is right, and that is Bloomers. Sheffield Wednesday. They Did, they beat Sheffield Did they beat Sheffield United in the final? No, nah, Man United. Ah. Man United in the final. Man United in the final. 1-0. Oh. So, um, I think that's... Was it Paul Warhurst goal? No, I think it was... Uh, bear with me. I don't really know. Let me quickly get up the final. Um, quickly look. I don't know who got the goal. I don't know any Sheffield Wednesday yeah, players. He had a, good, a really good team at that point Wednesday. I think that's when Des was. It was, was, Sher- it was John Sheridan. John Sheridan, yeah. John Sheridan. John Sheridan. So there we go. A little fun fact for you guys. Listening on your walk or your run or your drive, John Sheridan scored in the 1991 League Cup final against May United. There we go. Um, now, next question. Is on Toto Nciala. Of course, he, he played... Um, on Tuesday in the 2-0 win. Little, um, once again, we haven't forgot about that game. We are going to briefly talk about it. Um, the Pat John's Trophy, a big game, of course, for the third game against Colchester to see if you can get through. But yes, he joined town from Shrewsbury Town in 2018. But how many games has he played so far for the Blues? Of course, he's had a few moments where he's got injured and, of course, gone out on loan to Bolton and all that stuff. But how many games has he played so far? And I've got to change the answer on my phone so I've pretty much added another number. It's definitely not over 100, by the way. Little little clue there. Yeah. I've decided to add another number, so it says bigger than it actually is. He scored one goal, by the way. Little clue, if that helps. I don't know. <laughs> Probably doesn't. He's a defender. Didn't score money. Of course, currently it's Bloomers 1, Harvey 1, and Henry and John are currently on zero. But still, lads, still a chance. Still a chance here. Right, whenever you're ready, guys. Oh, changing. I'm ch- oh, I was going to change. Okay, I can't change now. 42-67. I realise I've gone too low, but by the time you've all shown your answers, it was too late to change. I went 36. I don't know why. It's, yeah, it's definitely not 36. You probably made that, in one, you probably made that all of like, last season. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, the answer is 65. So Harvey, I think, is the closest. I think you went 60-something, didn't you? 67. 67. So, yeah, he has made it 2-1 going into question four. And question four is on Matthew Pennington. Or Matt Pennington. I don't know why I've just gone Matthew. It's got, got very, very far away. I'm basically being his mum. Matthew! Telling him off. Um, but, of course, he had a loan spell with us. How many games did he did he play during his loan spell at town? So, there we go. Of course, during the... Him. I think I saw him score. Did he score away at Derby? Uh, no, that's that was Callum Connolly, but he has scored. Oh. He did score for us. I'm trying to think against who though. It's impressive that you did that off the top of your head. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I think I can remember remember it for some reason. <laughs> I just remember it. Yeah, I think it was the only goal of the game as well. Um, we don't really score many goals against Derby. It's always one nil win. I've still got Carlos Edwards late. Sure it was, sure it was a one nil win. I think it was. Yeah, it was at Derby. Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Matthew Pennington. I'll quickly get up. I like Pennington. I thought he was decent. Wow. Yeah. I thought that's a good signing for, for yeah. Shrewsbury as well. Um, I thought he might come back this summer. Mm. Yeah. That's potential, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he scored against Birmingham in the 2-2 draw. But then he also got sent off in the same match. A fun fact there. Um, so there's a, there's a go. There's a red card. So he did miss three games because he's suspended. But um, anyway, your answers, please, boys. Right, what we got here? Henry is gone. 24, 22, Harvey. 29, 34. The answer is 31. So there we go. So Harvey and Bloomers goes into the final question. Two apiece. Henry and John still play, um, but you have pretty much had a, a bad outing in, on the strike. Henry, not a great debut on the strike, but a great debut on the podcast. Ross, can, I just, can I just interrupt and just say, maybe I, this goes to prove that I don't know what I'm talking about. And this optimism is absolutely founded on idiot. <laughs> Being an idiot, really. Maybe I'll share that with you. Yeah, I've just got every question pretty much totally wrong. So I, I'm going to revise my answer and say we're going to get one point from the next three games. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, my questions for the strike are normally very much just a guessing game. You know, how, how many wins, how many goals, how many appearances. So he's got a guess, really. So they're not really, yeah, uh, sometimes actually me, in a way, I need to improve my questioning. Um, but we are on now question five, and this is the head-to-head between Harvey and Bloomers. And it's on John Nolan, um, who is still injured, I think. Um, I don't know if he'll ever play again. Um, although, I think Paul Cook likes him because he's a scouser, um, and he pretty much likes scousers, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, John Nolan, of course, played for Shrewsbury with Toto. Of course, Paul Hurst signed both of them, um, both put in a transfer request, so he's probably still not very... He's not probably Shrewsbury fans don't like him anymore. But how many goals did he score in 55 games for Shrewsbury? So is it Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? I'd have said said Shrewsbury, but I'm fairly certain that's not how you're supposed to say it. Didn't didn't Eden Hazard call them Strawberry in an interview like two or three years ago? (laughs) Possibly, possibly. Uh, but like, you know, English is his second language, probably, or maybe his third, because he's Belgium. He's maybe got a bit of France because he went to play in France, so it's probably his third third language. Yeah. And now he's got to learn Spanish, although he's not doing really well at Real Madrid. Um, Eden Hazard to John Nolan. Yeah, I who saw, would you rather have? I saw one of John Nolan's Shrewsbury goals in the playoffs, alive in the playoffs against Charlton. I was probably oh, even the only one to see it. I would say, if you haven't seen it, anyone who's listening. Go on YouTube and watch it because, A, it's well worth your time and, B, then you'll think, why on earth has he never done that for us? Yeah, <laughs> I'm convinced he's, we've got his brother because that was it. That was a hell of a goal. We got, we got Jimmy Nolan by accident. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Jimmy. Poor Jimmy. His calves are not very good. All right, well, John and um, Henry, show me, your, show me yours first. Okay, 17, 10. All right, then. Harvey and Bloomers, take it away. Both at the same time. 10. 14. Well, someone is bang on. Well, two people actually bang on, and it is 10. Oh, Henry got one. Henry's got one. He's got one, and Bloomers has won it overall. So there we go. Um, sorry, Harvey. Good effort, though. Good effort. We have got a tiebreaker, though, if needed. Um, shall we do a tiebreaker? Why Tom, not? Why not? It's up, it's up to you, Bloomers. This I'll could put, be. I'll put, I'll put. No, I'll, I'll put it all on the line. I'll gamble. Oh, he's going to gamble. He's going to gamble. And he's gambling on Paul Hurst here. Oh. Now, how many games did Paul Hurst win? Not as town manager, because we all know that was one. But how many games did he win for Shrewsbury in 97 games? Um, so there we go. As he risked it there. So could can John and Henry steal this then if they get it right? 
Once again, you've got to get bang on. You've got to well, get Harvey, bang on. Harvey, Harvey can uh, level it up. We can we can we can do the charity shield and share it like they used to in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to get bang on though to to properly steal it though, because um, I haven't got a tiebreaker after it, so it will have to be a draw. Yeah, 97 games. How many games was the manager of town? I think it's 15. One win. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, too many. Yeah. All right, then, lads. All right, what's John gone for? 42, 41. All right, 42 as well. 33. Well, no one has got it bang on, but it is 42. Oh, no, 47. Sorry. <laughs> What's going to say? I have got it blown off. It's all right. It's 47. It's 47 wins in 97 games, which is a good record, but you did get them into the playoffs and they did get to the, the Papa John's, or I think it was Trucker Trade Trophy back then, or whatever trophy it was called. They've had loads of different names. But there we go. Um, He's top of the league of Grimsby at the moment as well, isn't he? If I remember rightly. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Doing very well. Found yeah, he does level. well at... Yeah, he's found his level. Grinsby is the, his club. Is his club. Um, but yeah, yeah, there you go. He's doing better than me because I got nothing there in any question. So um, yeah, I'm the Paul Hurst of the strike, really, aren't I? Don't worry, John. You got to be fair. You got the last one a little bit right. You you were the same as Harvey with 42 plus 47. It's fine, you know. And let us know at home. You know, let us know if, how how you got on as well. As I said, play at home. If you're watching it on video, you saw the questions pop up. Um, and now it's over to Elkin Baggett to outro. So if you watch this on video, we'll do a little wave. And on audio, you'll hear Elkin's lovely voice now. Hey, guys. Elkin Baggett here. That was another edition of The Strike with Roscoe. Tune in for next time for another edition of The Greatest Quiz Show. Right, there we go. As you saw on video, you saw the waves. Um, now let's talk about Shrewsbury taking on town at Portman Road this weekend. Um, as I said, in the week, we won a game. We beat Gillingham. Steve Evans is not very happy, um, as always. Um, he's never never happy, I don't think, when his sides lose. Um, but a lot of changes in that game. I think it was pretty much the full 11. Hopefully I've got that right. Yes, I've got shaking heads here. Thank you very much. Um, of course, one one player, uh, which I thought would never see play for town again, was Miles Kenlock. He came in out of the cold. Your you know, yeah, my boy. Uh, runs like a chicken and all that jazz. Um, but yeah, we saw a lot of other players coming in. Carl Edwards was back. KVY. Toto came back. Wolford done. I'm pretty much naming the whole squad here. Of course, Connor Chaplin and Joe Piggott got the goals. Um, Henry, let's talk about um, the 11 this weekend. Of course, Burson Salino is on international duty. Um, Sam Morsey was part of that as well. He was going to go to Egypt, but he wasn't in the proper squad. So he's still here. Good, good, good. But what, what do you reckon? What's your what's your thinking on this eleven? Are we going to change up the formation? Are you going to change in our players? Who are you bringing in? Um, of course, Paul Cook loves his formation, so don't expect two up front and don't expect well three at the back or whatever. But what what do you reckon? I saw saw the the in the, the article today about the four four two did did make me chuckle. Um, again, I'm not against it, but again, I don't think he'll ever go back there after saying so heavily that he's going to four two three one man. Um, I think same back five, same two holding or Morsi and Evans. And then I've been mulling it over. Fraser will definitely start, obviously. Oh, I hope he starts because he's been really coming back into well, getting on the ball, looking great on the ball. He looks a bit, um, bit more energy as well with his game. Bon up top, can't, can't knock him from there. And hopefully Burns is, 
Achilles. I think he keeps pulling up and he probably around the, this 60, 70 mark. Achilles looks like he has a problem there, but I think he'll start. So it's really over, depending whether they move Fraser out wide left or keep Fraser at the 10 position. Between Chaplin, who, keep, who keeps coming on and scoring or starts and scores, in comparison to Edwards, the tricky tricky winger who's who lit up the field whenever he started last last few get all the game before he got injured. It's a tough one because I think both have have a reason to start. It's a tough position for Cook to be in, and probably a nice position to at least have two players ready to play, and they all all seem fairly fit. If I don't want to sit on the fence, I think he'll start Chaplin. I think Chaplin will play more in the role similar to like Selena does with Fraser. They can interchange from the left and into the centre. I think he fits the bill a bit more clo- a bit more closely. Bring Edwards on, hopefully uh, tired fullbacks to really, really attack them. And again, but it's a tough one. I can see it, but I wouldn't be disappointed either way, basically. It's, but it's got to be, I think it'll be Chaplin or Edwards. And when he brought a Luco on, I started Luco a bit randomly, probably I think maybe against Morecambe, MK, or what coming which home game it was. But I don't think it will be a Luca. I think it will be either or. I think Chaplin, I've got money on Chaplin uh, to start. And I think he'll score as well. That's why my prediction. He'll come on and I think he'll suit Bond's game quite well. He gets in behind. He, he helps a bit extra running in behind, whereas quite a lot of players like the ball to the feet, um, like the goal he scored against Gillingham in behind the defence. Um, great ball from Piggott. And yeah, I think I, I'm going to put money on Chaplin. Hmm. What's your, what's your score prediction? And that's what we do on this show. We, I want to know. I want to put that down on paper. What are you going for? You're going for a Chaplin goal, but is Chaplin that going to be 1-0, 2-0, 3-0? 2-0, 2-0. The, the, well, I looked at Shrews, we've conceded a few. Every game in the last probably six games, they conceded at least one. And now we conceded uh, one against Wolves on the 23s, two against Bolton, two against Wickham. They beat Wimbledon, but conceded one again. So they do concede. Um so I'm going for a two-nil win. I'm going to keep a, get a clean sheet, Chaplin goal, and a Bond goal. He's got to score. So I've got two two goal scorers and a, and a clean sheet. Hopefully, yeah. Bond Bond is pretty much going to score every game, even if we <laughs> win, draw, or lose. He's scoring, even if it's nil-nil. He's still scored. Um, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, Harvey, over to you. Uh, talk about your eleven, uh, your prediction as always, and any other bits you want to chuck through as well. Yeah, good to get a result on Tuesday. Hopefully. Um... We can replicate that, follow it up with a, with a good win on Saturday. Um, I actually don't think the back five will, will be the same as they were against um, against Accrington. I've got a sneaky, sneaky feeling he might bring he might bring KVY back into it. He sounded like he was he was all right on Tuesday without being necessarily outstanding. And I know Janoy's been brilliant, he's been solid, but long term we all know what Cook wants. He wants flying fullbacks. Um I know he's not been in, in squads of late KPY, but I think Cook still backs him. Uh, but rightly so, Janoy, Janoy was starting in that right-back slot. So I think he might screen a surprise on us and, and start KPY there on um, on Saturday. That's my hot take. Um, apart from that, I, I'd stick with Ladkey because I don't think Walton's ready yet by the sounds of it. doesn't sound like Colson's ready just yet either. Um, and despite them being a little bit shaky against Accrington because they were... There's definitely potential in in the partnership of Edmondson and Burgess, and Edmondson in particular. I, I think he's he's going to be a very good defender in this league. Um, they offer different qualities. Burgess isn't great with the ball at his feet. I think me and John discussed that on Saturday. They were 
Atherton were targeting him every time he had the, the ball at his feet because obviously they know him very well. Um, so that would be my, my back five. I'd stick with Morsi and Evans um, in midfield. I think it's harsh on Al- Al-Mazzuni because he sounded like he was the pick of the bunch on Tuesday. Um, he seems to really have, have kind of thrived in this um, defensive midfielder role, which I didn't see for him whatsoever, to be honest with you. Um, slightly uh, harsh on Harper as well, possibly. Um, did okay when he came on against Accrington, but I can't see him starting. Uh, Burns, he had a good rest on Tuesday, so I think he'll come back in. I know he's been carrying a knock, so um, hopefully he'll come back in. He was he was a little bit disappointed on Saturday, but you know, so so was everyone else. Um, and then it's the interesting the, the interesting uh, kind of front three dilemma, isn't it? Personally, I would I would go with Chaplin. Um, I think Chaplin deserves to start. I think he's been unlucky not to start more. Um, he certainly did well on Tuesday night, scored another goal. So for me, um, something a little bit different um, to obviously what we've had the last few games. I'd start Chaplin um, and I would start with uh, Kyle Edwards on the, on the left-hand side. Um, he wasn't at his best, I don't think, on Tuesday night, but I think, you know, what was he had? Did he play the full game Tuesday night? don't think he did, did he? came off. I think Barry replaced him. I might be wrong on that. But he's got, you know, he's got minutes in his legs now, so hopefully he'll be raring to go on Saturday. Uh, might be a little bit harsh on Fraser, but long term, I still don't think he's a left midfielder. Um, I know they interchange quite a lot, um, but long term, I, I want to see Kyle Edwards there. We've, we've given him a three-year deal to to play games. So, um, yeah, I'd start with, with Edwards on the left, Saloon in the hole, um, Burns on the right, and obviously... Um, I'd actually play Norwood up front. No, I'm joking. It would be Bond, of course. Um, yeah, and Bond just he puts himself on the team, doesn't he? So, yeah, that'll be my team for Saturday. And I'm predicting a comfortable and uh, well-needed 3-0 victory at Fortress Portman Road. That's what I'm going for. How about that for optimism? Yeah, well, that is normally, of course, good old David's prediction. He always goes 3-0. Even if we're playing rubbish, we go 3-0. And John has also got a, a scoreline of choice. And, yeah, 4-1, he's ready. he knows it already. That's, I should just put that down as a permanent fixture on the Prediction League. Is just, yeah, John, 4-1. Uh, John, last time we were taking on a team who were pretty much down and, well, doing not very well in the league, uh, we won 6-0 um, at Portman Road. We've got Shrewsbury next there, currently 23rd. I've just looked at their recent results. They've not done very well. 2-1 defeat against Bolton on the weekend, a 2-1 defeat against Wickham at home. But they did beat Wimbledon 2-1. Uh, they've had a few draws. They drew against Sheffield Wednesday. They lost 1-0 against Accrington. They beat Gillingham 2-1. Uh, but they've had some other not-so-great results. There's no, there's not a lot of goals in this. You're going 4-1. Um, but what's your team and what's your overall feeling going into this one? Your mic, my friend. Your mic. Your mic. There we go. There we go, John. All right. You've been a schoolboy error. I apologise. Um, Four four one um, because we're going to be better than them. We're going to work hard and we're going to outplay them. Um, Bond's going to score first. Chaplin's also going to get one. I think Chaplin's going to start in the hall um, in the number ten role. I think he he deserves the chance. I think actually as the season gets on, he could become our, our most significant player. Um, I think he's going to be a really important player for us. I think Cook will start with Fraser on the left and Burns on the right. And then I think Edwards will come on in the second half. Um, I personally would prefer 
to start with Edwards because I think from what I know of Shrewsbury, and I'm not trying to say I'm an expert, um, I think they're three at the back, um, three centre-halves, and I think many centre-halves don't like being run at, and I think Edwards is good, is more direct, phrases a little bit more passing and tippy-tappy. Um, but uh, I think if, if Edwards does play, he needs to start producing because... Um, I saw him come on for his debut at Burton and we were all like, wow, he's worldy. Well, actually, he hasn't scored yet. He hasn't really created. He, he had an amazing shot that came from nowhere. But actually, if you look at assists, Fraser is in the team on merit, isn't he? You know, so I think without trying to put pressure on him, and he, he's not going to take any pressure from me, but um, he, he needs to actually start delivering now because... Yes, he's had a knock and he's been out and stuff, but when he gets his chance, I would love to see him get a goal or set up a goal or a really be influential because what he's done is look really exciting. What did somebody describe him as? Um, all fur coat and no knickers or something like that? You know, uh, you know, he just hasn't done it yet, properly delivered. So it would be good to see if he does start, which I hope he does, he seizes that opportunity, but I actually think he'll probably be on the bench and it'll be Fraser. Um, and Burns on the on the kind of wide midfield roles with Chaplin in the pocket. I think he'll stick with the same lagging goal. I think Genoi might just get this last this game, um, and maybe KVY will be on the bench. Um, he'll probably stick with um, Evans and Morsey if everybody's fit. So the only change from last week's team is Celine obviously on international duty, and Chaplin starts instead. Pick it back on the bench rather than Norwood for me. Um, I know we probably shouldn't talk about things that are in the legal process and stuff, but you know, I think James Norwood needs to make sure he's concentrating on, on football and not anything else. Um, and I would rather see Pickett play than Norwood at the moment. I think he's a better player. He's got more to offer longer term for Ipswich Town. So, yeah, um, pretty standard selection for me. The only one I'm not sure about is the Fraser and Edwards. Um, but I think Cook will start Fraser, and I think it's come. so. Four-one, Bond to score first, Chaplin to score as well, Edmondson, and the fourth one will be Edwards. There you go. Put money on that. Bloomers, you need to do that research on what what accumulate I can get for that stuck score combination, please. <laughs> you might is mooted as well. Our two amateurs got amateurs on this show. I'll probably be doing it in a second as well. Don't worry, mate. Don't worry. I, uh, I won't be able to tell you exactly what you can get for uh, all of those, but I can probably, if you give me 10 seconds, tell you what you can get for uh, Macaulay Bond to score. Well, it won't be very much. We've done Macaulay Bond 4 1. That's That was done on Monday night before. The, that, that's all. That's all. That's in the phone. It's it comes up as my predicted thing. <laughs> just you know, it, it, here's a here's a Rick for you. Joe Piggott short rolls the McCauley Bond to score for Ipswich on Saturday. Um, and that's just bizarre, isn't it? That's well, they bizarre. Got inside info. They got inside I mean, info. I mean, right? We're talking half a point here, but uh, you know you got to take any edge you can, I guess. Yeah. No. Five to one first goal score McCauley Bond. Seven to four anytime. Surely that seven to four is printing money. I can hear everyone say no. There's no such thing as printing money. No. Um, um, but yeah, Bloomers, what, what do you reckon? You just, uh, yeah, well, um, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's slightly ironic how everyone cries foul about consistency and then we named an unchanged side for Accrington and lost. Um, 
obviously. Now, obviously, we can't have an unchanged side from that game with Chilina coming out. Um, so, spaces are kind of going to be limited. I don't think there's going to be anything wholesale. You've got the Fraser Edwards thing that, that you guys have talked about already. Bon obviously is going to going to need the line. You know, we'll we'll pick it, uh, get his chance for a longer term, or is it going to be another subs bench job? Not too sure. Um, at the end of the day, you, you, you're going to there's a, there's a phrase in NFL that I, I like. And NFL is my second favorite sport. Um, it's called riding the hot hand. Basically, if someone's in form, you play him until he, until he's not anymore. And um, Stephen McCauley Bon is is just that, and he will play the 90 unless he gets an injury or is completely out of his legs for, for every league game for the foreseeable. I think that we will win. I think that the quality of players we have are better than Shrewsbury's. That's on paper. The game's not played on paper. I think that the 6-0 might be a little bit... Um, not flattering, so it wasn't flattering on the day, but I feel like it will give players confidence to know that you know, the best stuff so far has been at home. I'm also conscious that the game can turn quite quickly if after like, I don't know, an hour and it's still nil-nil and the fans are getting restless, that might go on to the players. But I do think it will be okay. I think a first-half goal will come as well, even though that's something that actually hasn't been a problem because we've been starting off really well in, in games. So, yeah, I, I do think this will be a win. I'm not too sure if it will be a, a comfortable one, but... I certainly don't think that um, Shrewsbury uh, have got stuff to worry us for. And also, they haven't done the best that they could this season. Steve Cotter, their manager, had a wealth of COVID issues. You know, they haven't started the season incredibly well. I know they're not, expect- not exactly expected to be up there, but especially in, in the league at the moment where you've got, you know, at least nine teams that probably think they should be in the top two and have a divine right. So, yeah, this is Shrewsbury's away form, by the way. He played, uh, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> I nearly gave you false information. Hang on a minute. Uh, is that, yeah, drawn one, lost four, one zero. So, as Henry said, we really should be putting these to the sword. But if there's any uh, ever a place for a team to get their first win of the se- uh, first away win of the season, you know where it will be. But no, uh, I'll go. I've said two one on the chat, haven't I? I've just uh, been doing it as we've been speaking. Now I've seen some more of these stats. Actually, maybe I'll, I'll change it to two 0 But I'll, I'll stick with the two one. I, I think Bomb will get another goal. Let's stick a dart in the Town first team and go. Oh, George Edmondson. Okay, fair enough then. <laughs> John, I've just repeated what you said for half of your scorers. Maybe there's something going on there. To be fair, I'd like us to score more goals from set pieces, like more more goals from our defenders. It'll be good to see, you know, Burgess and Emerson getting in. I know Emerson scored in the 6 0 winning against Doncaster, but I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that. And um, Portland Road at the moment is our is our safe haven at the moment. We're, we're winning games there. We're doing really well. Just away from home is not great. So maybe, yeah, we, yeah. As you said, if it's still nil nil, and I'm sure the fans will get a bit restless. And uh, yeah, and I don't know how the fans or uh, the players will react to that. Just quickly, John, what was the what was the score as you said? Uh, not Bon, um, Bon Chaplin, Edmondson, yeah. and Edwards. If you think all of those players are going to score on uh, Saturday, that's three hundred and fifty to one. I'm, I'm going to go and put two pound on that right now. <laughs> that's all four players combined to score any time. 
That's a good... I'm going to go for that. I'm going to go and put a pound on that, or two pounds. I might even go for three whole pounds. In the money there. In the money. That's good. That's what I do. To be fair, I'm the same with betting. I don't I don't spend too much money. I, I've put a, a quid here, two pound here and stuff. Bloomers? Four, and 4-1 four on top of that makes it 700 to 1. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. If that actually happens, that will be... And you'd get, you'd get double the odds on one Shrewsbury goal. <laughs> Obviously, you know, then you'd have to score four goals for the first one to come in. So I know we could score more than four goals, but let's not get carried away. He said, <laughs> he says, having just priced up a 700 to one bet. <laughs> um, and if anybody cares, I'm going for a 2 0 win, just like Henry. I think that is a sensible prediction. I think we'll definitely score goals, but not too many. And I think we'll be able to keep a clean sheet. I think so. Um, Portland Road will be our safe haven, as I said, it will be an opportunity for us to keep clean sheets and all that stuff. Um, well, lads, it's been a pleasure once again. Any other business before we wrap up? I'll go to all of you. Uh, I'll go to you, Henry, first. Any other business after making your debut, my friend? Firstly, just thank you very much for having me on. It's been, it's been great. It's been great to talk about, talk about Ipswich. I do that in my own time. So it's great to talk with you guys about it. Uh, just looking forward to getting out of Portman Road again this weekend. Trains are awful from London, so I'm not looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been this this year. This year will be twenty years go, going to Ipswich since my first game at Portman Road. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to get back to Portman Road since since the last time. But yeah, no, thanks again for having me. It's been great. It's a pleasure. And um, Harvey, over to you. I'm actually going to get all of you to share me your how long you've been a town fan for. So Harvey, when how how long is? I'm sorry, I'm going to be bringing ages in here. Sorry, John. Um, but <laughs> how long you've been a fan and any other business? Literally since I can I can remember. Um, I think my first town game was a nil-nil draw against Chester in the FA Cup where a certain John Walters uh, was playing for Chester that day. Um, or at least that was one of the first games I remember. Um, missed about three sitters and then we signed him for 100 grand. Matt a few weeks later and he went on to have a pretty decent career, didn't he? So, um, yeah, literally ever, ever since I can remember. Um Mostly downs, isn't it? Mostly downs. Being a being a an Ipswich fan, but hopefully, hopefully we're on our we're on our way up now. I'll, I'll never forget losing in the playoffs to West Ham and crying in my room, ripping my Ipswich calendar off the wall. And who knows, I might be doing that again at the end of the season. So, uh, so yeah, no, I listen. We're hoping now that this is going to be the start of of some real positivity. I know that the results haven't been what what we we wanted to start with, but. You know, let, let's let's keep the faith. Let's keep the the attendances. What was it, eighteen thousand on a Tuesday night? It's just unbelievable for this league. It, it really, really is. And we've got such good support around around the, the club, and we've got every right to be angry because we've been shite for a lot of this season, uh, certainly results wise. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's keep positive. We've got the best squad in the league, without a shadow of a doubt. I don't think anyone can deny that. And um, yeah, let's let's. Let's start things. Let's start things off again with a with a three 0 win this weekend, and uh, yeah, we can enjoy our Saturday nights then, can't we? Definitely, and um, I'm sure Portland Road hopefully will be bouncing once again. You know, it's great to see these attendances going up, and you know, I'm sure a lot of people went to their first game um, against Doncaster and saw our C six goals. So I'm sure they're making their return. I'm sure it could be a different result this week. Um, but John, um, any other business? And yeah, can you? How long is it? How long have you been a town fan? As Henry said, he's been twenty years now this season. How, how long's for you? What, what's your next anniversary? 
I think it's 31 years, 32 years, maybe. Um, yeah, 1980, yeah, God, 1985. So, uh, was mascot for Ipswich in 1987. Um, at, We've seen those pictures. They need to be shared elsewhere, John. Yeah, that yeah. needs to be the picture for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Me and Romeo's on the van, me almost as tall as him. Uh, 1987, March 87, I think it was, maybe 88. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we got beaten 4 0 that day, and that kind of sums up my experience of being a town supporter. Not the lucky mascot. Um, was lucky enough to be at Wembley, which was still my highlight since <laughs> when at Anfield and seeing as when at Ellen Roll when Leeds were good. Um, you know, I've seen a little bit of um glory, but unfortunately, I've also sat at Huddersfield away in in January for a nil nil Mick McCarthy sort of game. So, you know, I, I fell in love with Ipswich at the age of ten. Um, so, yeah, been stuck with them ever since at the age of forty six. I hope that there's another thirty six years of supporting town still to come, and onwards and upwards. Come on, you Blues and all that. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say: pleasure being on as always. Really good to talk to people who you know, and it's great that we can have different opinions, and it's great we can have. Uh, uh, agreements it's great that we've got different voices on like uh, well done henry for a strong debut um always good and it was a pleasure stand you know through this pod ross I, i've now met you dozens of times and i met harvey a few times bloomers a few times me and harvey still at the match together i mean that's credit to blue the, the blue family that we are um so you know it's a great to be involved in this pod in any way shape or form so thanks for having me on and um come on that 4-1 and all these bets i'm just starting to add because i might be rich so does does deb know about these does she know no. um she, no. oh, she, she'll know she, yeah she'll know if you you're in the money you're in the money that's when you sort of there we go but but john it's it's pleasure as always um bloomers over to you my friend to end the podcast um, any other business, my friend? And yeah, how long has it been? You got an anniversary coming up of, you know, 20, 30 years of sporting club? Probably not 30 years. So you're not that. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> um, it's uh, no, I've passed the 20 year mark. Um, I, I mean, like Harvey, since I can remember, um, since I could walk and talk, you've got this pictures of me as a one year old, two year old of, with Ipswich Kits. So my dad didn't give me a chance to support anyone else. Um, but he is the only sort of real town supporter in my family. There's a, there's a mixture of West Ham's and Leeds and um, who else? Well, my, oh, my maybe soon to be brother-in-law is a Norwich season ticket holder. We won't go on about that. Um, I've just had, through the magic of soccer base, I've just found my very first game that I went to and it was on the 5th of April, 1999, a 3-1 home win against Queens Park Rangers and uh, Chris Kawamia opened the scoring for QPR. How about that? Um, and then the three goal scorers that day for us were David Johnson, Jamie Scowcroft, and Matt Holland, which is a perfect encapsulation of that late nineties era of Ipswich Town Football Club. Um, and yeah, a, a bit ever since. Had a season ticket holder since two thousand. Uh, went to Wembley, but I don't remember any of it. Of it really. Uh, was at the Bolton game as well. Unfortunately, again, being so young, don't really remember any of it. Had to give up a season ticket. Uh, Twenty sixteen, when my travels took me to Stoke on Trent, when I was living there for a little while, and now. I'm a, a Ballum-based blue, goes to as many home and away games as I can. Uh, and also, actually, shout out to, if anyone knows anything about the London Sporters Club for Ipswich, it seems to have died a death. Um, and I'm also too lazy to sort of restart it myself. So uh, if anyone's got any info, 
about the Itchers Town London Sports Club. But if I've just completely missed it, please let me know because uh, it'd be interesting to see how many town fans there are in London. I think there's quite a few of us. Uh, two very, very, very quick things. First of all, shout out to uh, fellow uh, pod member Bono, who directed me to this fantastic um, Ipswich Blackout T-shirt. So you probably can't see it very well, but for those with the benefit of video, it's just a black badge on black T-shirts. The old school Ipswich badge as well, with uh, some coordinates on the side here of Portman Road, which is a bit nerdy, but I love it. It's from the terrorstore.com, not a sponsorship. So Ross, if your other sponsors get angry, send them my way. Um, I apologize, but uh, I did want to say thank you, Bono, for pointing me in that direction. Because for those of us who sort of don't wear a lot of uh, shirts anymore, or feel like we shouldn't, it's a nice little uh, sort of halfway house. And then, very last thing, I think it's the best thing to end it on. Massive congratulations to Ben Diaz, fellow uh, pod member as well, and his brother Dan, uh, completing the London Marathon on Sunday in a stupidly quick time. Uh, Ross, do you remember it or have it to hand or anyone? Because it was three long. hours, thirty-three minutes. Three hours, thirty-three. So that's uh, to put it in perspective. I did a half marathon the other month. I'm not gonna. That's not armor brag because I did it in two hours and three minutes. So he, he nearly he would have lapped me. <laughs> um, fantastic. He, he raised loads of money already. I think we retweeted his uh, fund fund raising efforts on Twitter. I, th I think the pod channel did as well. But I think you can still donate. So if you haven't already do it the guy did amazingly and he deserves all the beers in the world because he went i think two months without having one yes ben Good next show. time you're at a game next time ben's at a game we'll all yeah. buy a pint yeah we need decent pints yeah we're buying three hours and 31 minutes of um a pint that's how much we're gonna of course he yeah, as he said he raised a lot so much money for the teenage uh, cancer trust and um as he said i'm sure you can still donate now um and yeah it's just fantastic that the community we've made and before we go um, I just want to quick up. I want to get everyone's reaction here. I've just got a picture here. I'm just going to bring it up. I want to get everyone's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Good old John Watson. I found it from our That is the content group. we need on a, on a Thursday evening. There we go. It must have been quite cold because everyone's arms are sort of up towards their armpits. It looks like it might have been pretty nippy. Yeah, that was my mean and moody look. Have you seen how tall I have come? Oh, it's quite embarrassing. But that's yeah. exactly how he was stood at Accrington on Saturday as well, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. About two minutes later, I started shouting, Pell, Pell. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, you, of course, if you're watching this on video, you'll saw that picture, and I'm sure we'll have to put it on on social again, John, so you can put we put it part as the the tweet, um, so you can see that. But um, well, Henry, Harvey, John, Bloomers, it's been a pleasure as always on the Kings of Anger fan social. If you want to get involved, just like Henry, reach out at Ross Media UK or Kings of Anglia if you want to get your voice heard, you want to talk about your town and all that sort of stuff, the good, the bad and the, the rubbish as always with town, you know it's going to happen um, as well, uh, let us know uh, well, support our sponsors at manscaped.com, use the code KOA um, with 20% off and free delivery and of course, New Warsies Never Lost at Home Theatre, which I think is closing soon, but it's fantastic that, that that's been supported by town fans and also follow us on Kings of Anglia on all the socials uh, YouTube. I've got my new FIFA series going on, so you'll see me as a town manager and see how I get on. So if you like FIFA, maybe we need you as, as Cook's assistant, Ross. Maybe that has been the the, yeah, the secret possibly. ingredient that we've needed all along. Possibly. If you well, but if you've seen the series so far, I cannot defend to save my life. So maybe I need oh, to fit right in. Then. Yeah, I'll fit right in definitely. 
But, but there we go. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, to talk about a win and look ahead to Cambridge away, the derby of the season, unfortunately. But there we go. Bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel.